Hey everybody, you're tuning in to Grown Folk Talk and I'm your host Natasha Nicole. This is a podcast for life survivors, dream catchers, and change agents. Hey listen, we're all grown here, so let's have some real conversations that will challenge us, grow us, and encourage us to be our excellent selves. Now come on, let's go be grown. Everybody, welcome to Grown Folk Talk with Natasha Nicole. I'm your host, Natasha Nicole, and this is episode two of a series titled Who's the Man? Generations Speak. Returning to have another Grown Folk conversation with me is Ronnie Amin and Shannon Casino. So if you missed the first episode in this series, Shannon Casino and Ronnie were joined by Terry Carter. And these brothers brought some clarity and insight to the question, how is a man made? Um, And I'm just really blessed to have them join me again. So thank you, gentlemen, for agreeing to come back. Um, All right. So before we start our grown folk um, discussion today, I just want to alert um, people to some information that you may or may not have missed. each episode of this series, um, and including any episode where I have a panel, I include a link to my blog, um, and my blog is called Things to Think On, um, and it provides additional information on my guests, um, including a headshot, seeing how you guys can't see them, you can only hear their voices, um, a bio, you know, a website that they have, any anything like that. Um, However, you have to be on one of the seven platforms that my podcast lives on for the link to work. Um, Otherwise, you have to copy and paste the URL in your browser. So just wanted to make sure that my listeners are aware of that. All right. So now, as um, Arsenio Hall used to say, let's get busy. Um, and for all you no, millennials no. out there, I know that no. might have been over y'all head. Y'all don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> that was the wrong reference to use. All right. <laughs> well, let's get into it, right? <laughs> um, all right. So today's um episode is titled A Real Man Can. Okay. Um So we're going to explore those um, ideologies and misconceptions that men have been conditioned to believe, right? So without further ado, uh, Shannon Casino, Ronnie, growing up, what were you told that you should not do or can't wear or whatever? And I'm going to like kind of go down the list of some of these things and, and we can talk about it like, you know, individually, but just out of curiosity, just like right out the gate, like what were you guys told growing up that you couldn't do? Like a man doesn't do that and so forth. Mm. Uh, right off the top, first thing come to mind is you can't cry. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't cry. That's the first thing. Just, you know, no matter how how hard or heavy-handed your older cousins was, you can't cry. <laughs> you know, and they 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 call themselves toughening you up or just going through um 
just any any situation in life that may cause the average grown person to cry. But, mm -hmm. you know, to be told as a young man, you know, crying is for, uh, you know, if you will, punks or, or soft kids, or they identified you as soft because you did cry about, about something. But, um, you know, if it hurt, it hurt, you know, but you can't mm -hmm. you know, toughen up and don't, don't show any signs of um, vulnerability or, 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 emotion mm -hmm, that, um, mm -hmm. that is that is considered to be soft um or or you know you're considered someone to be you know chewed up or you know to be picked on to be you know messed up so don't cry don't show no weakness or um you know or there's problems or there's even cons consequences for that wow yeah. you too ronnie you were told not to cry you better you better suck them tears up <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Even in a in a worse way, you know. Even mm. bizarre ways. Um, the typical way by other men who say, "Man, don't cry. Man up. Stick up your stick out your chest and hold up your head." I've mm -hmm. heard it, man. I've even heard it in the midst of a butt whooping given by my mother. Like she's tearing my butt up. <laughs> man, don't cry. Like what? <laughs> I'm supposed to cry in these particular instances. Um. Right. So yes, but um, and I and I totally agree with Shannon there. Um, but another thing that I was told by um, most men in my life is that you don't respect women, you don't honor women. Um, yeah. It may not have been said explicitly word from word, but in actions and deeds and examples, I was Man. told that we don't honor women. To yeah. honor women is to be a simp. It's to be a chump. It is to be yeah. a punk. Right. And the basic message is like women were there to serve our needs, whether it's feeding our ego or satisfy this insatiable uh, physical uh, lust, you know, uh, or just to be our eye candy or do whatever. And so that kind of shaped like how I treated women in my own life. Um, so yeah, not showing emotion and and not being expressive or protective uh, of women, uh, particularly Black women. Um, mm -hmm. That was one of the messages that I got coming up. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I agree with that. Same here. You know, you know, you know that Roxbury lifestyle and, you know, what we see out there in the streets. That's that's really what it what it was just, you know, to respect to 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 have a woman care about you and, and be passionate, a black woman to be passionate and show you that she cares about you can kind of come off maybe, uh, you know, aggressive um, because she really cares about you. But we take it and in, in the mindset that we have as, you know, you can't tell me what to do. And mm -hmm. um, really, and it's, it's unhealthy because I'm thinking now looking back that maybe we should have you know, when you look back now, it's like maybe that should have been looked at if we was told the right way um, to look at that as that's just your woman um, reverencing, reverencing to you that, you know, maybe, you know, this is the right way to go. And just, you know, in our culture, just black women are just passionate, period. You know, that's just how that how that goes. So we do we tend to take everything as conflict and, you know, you're coming off to watch how you talk to me. <laughs> You know, and, and, and then what do we do? Then we overdo it. You know what I mean? So you, know, you better watch who you're talking to, chick. You know, it's repercussions behind that. You know? <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, well, I thank you for, for using the adjective passionate instead of aggressive because those, those be fighting words for us sisters. Mm -hmm. um, all right, so let's explore some other controversial, um, controversial do's and don'ts, right? I wrote some stuff down that I was thinking about. Um, all right, clothing. Right. So there's the ideas about, you know, but but really ideas about fashion have changed. Right. Whereas at one point wearing anything considered feminine, like pinks and pastels, um, fitted suits, you know, things of that nature were were discouraged. But now they're, you know, they're being more accepted um, as just being a, a well-dressed man. Right. If you wear those things. Um but there's still, you know, some men out there who feel like these types of styles or colors are, you know, emasculating, right? So, so that's one thing we can come back to any of these that I was talking about. You guys can, you know, talk about them a little more. Um, you already talked about emotions because that was on my list, but you already said that. Um, you guys already talked about being a womanizer, right? You know, you should date as many women as you can, right? Don't be, don't be locked down to one woman. Um, and it's okay to put your woman in her place, you know, if she gets out of out of line, either by force, you know, or, you know, some harsh words, um, mm -hmm. careers, like laborious jobs mean, you know, you're more of a man, um, than being someone's assistant, you know, or even in the medical field, like a, a male nurse, you know, some, some men, you know, frown upon that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then another thing that I've noticed, right? And these are all do's and don'ts that I've like noticed, you know, throughout my years of living. Um, you know, your woman can't help you find a job. Like your woman can't help you find a job. I've noticed that, that, that that's, that's a little, uh, that struck a nerve. I've seen that strike a nerve in men. However, another woman, they're okay with someone that's not their woman finding a job for them, but not their but not their woman, you know, I've, I've, I've seen that. Um, then your household, right? So your wife or your woman, they can't earn more money than you. They're not the, supposed to be the ones to make decisions like that. Nah, a man's supposed to be making all decisions. He put his foot down. She's supposed to just be submissive. Um, and then the whole mama's boy thing, right? So, you know, a boy can't cleave to his mother for, for a long time. It's like after a while that gets cut, like you got to stop nurturing him. You got to stop quote unquote babying him. Um, you know, you gonna make him soft. You know, I was told that a lot by my son's father, um, you know, and when he's older, you know, he's not supposed to ask his mother for help. Like, that's another thing that's, that's frowned upon. Like, you don't ask your mother for help. You figure it out, you do it on your own. So those are just kind of some of the things that I've noticed um, as far as, you know, a man can't do this or a man, you know, should do this or whatever. So um, any thoughts you guys want of any of those things that I mentioned, you have any thoughts about them? Uh, at least for me, I, none of those things are like black and white. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I think all of those issues are um, extremely nuanced um, and we will find ourselves on um, any side of them at different points, um, particularly like the last one you talked about, where you mentioned that your son, you know, it was discouraged, like to rely upon his mother for help or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, so. 
like generally speaking, we raise our children until that we, we raise them and we protect them and we take care of them until they're able to take care of themselves because that is the objective. Right. That you have an able body, uh, responsible uh, adult, you know, mm-hmm. able to take care of their own needs. And when they're in adulthood, that's the expectation. Um, but sometimes, um, especially in this day and era, that uh, and this seems like a, a lot of young people are not embracing responsibility. They're not embracing adulthood and they're still relying upon others to do for them what they can do for themselves. So mm-hmm. in that respect, it's like, yeah, all right, step up to the plate, be a man or a woman and um, be responsible for your immediate needs. You have the capabilities. And if you have the capabilities, um, but you have not put forth the effort, then something has to change. Yeah. Now that's quite different than someone who was working hard, man, to establish themselves, to get their needs met. But for some reason, um, um, they're not, they haven't been successful in many areas. There's nothing wrong with someone who needs help getting help whether that's from their parent or someone else from a parent, uh, so those are two different issues but sometimes they're conflated sometimes they're mixed up um so we just need to i, I think have a clear a clearer understanding about what our expectations are mm. and um just understand the nuances of that particular situation but every situation you mentioned are nuanced um yeah. there are times where we are going to expect our children to be responsible and step up to the plate and be adults. And there are times where we're going to be like, yo, listen, you need help, you call us. Don't right. be trying to overburden yourself and take on too much of that stuff because that's what community and family is supposed to be about. Absolutely. You know, people exploit. Sometimes mm-hmm. when people exploit those relationships or they just choose to be lazy. So mm-hmm. we have to um, be discerning um, in our ability to uh, determine what it is um you know so that's one response to I totally I totally agree I would much rather um I would much rather my kid to come and ask me for the help opposed to going out in the street and asking people you know or random people um I just think that's part of our our community um too is like you know people have stories where they've been on on their own since they were young since mm-hmm. they were, you know, you know, young people, you know, so then they feel as though they went out there and they they managed on their own or figured it out. So then they they try to put that on the next kid that comes along that, you know, you know, you can do it yourself or you can get it from me or you can get it from there. You ain't got to ask your mother for nothing because a man comes out here and, and he gets it on his own, get it out the mud. Um, and that can be misleading to a to a young mind, you know, to get out there and then they're in the wrong situation and then you end up starting off a life owing people um so i think you know for parents um i don't i don't see anything wrong with a with a a a young person that's trying to do something in their life to come to their parent mom dad um you know to ask for help when they're trying to really do something not you know to go and do something silly but to you know but really need true you know genuine help you come to the people who who you know and the people who who you love. And as you said, it's your family. You know, I would much rather my child to come to the family to, to get help opposed to um, out in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So Shannon, when I was talking about um, 
the careers and how you, you know, your woman, you know, some men have a problem with their woman, their one man helping yep. them um, find a job. Your face was doing all kinds of distortions and twisting up. <laughs> so I want to ask you, like, you know, what was your thoughts on that? I, you know, one, once again, if it's if it's your woman, then I don't see what the problem is. If your woman, you know, is living her best life, she works hard, she study hard and she makes makes money. Um, I think the question is, you know, where are you at with your life that she, you know, she has at that point, she probably has options. She wants to be with you. Um, you know, I mm. think that that should be, you know, if anything, it should be a motivation to, to allow you and make you want to get out there and do a little bit more for yourself and for the situation, um, for, for, to, to bring home the bacon for the family to put it together. Because, you know, as you said, it's your woman, um, I don't see any any issue with your woman making, you know, a substantial amount of money, you know, even more than you. You know, it's about what you do together and what you bring to the to bring to the table. And to also um what's her level um who is she when she comes home and and are you respected when you come home? Does she still see you as, you know, uh the man of her life or you know uh, knight in shining armor. Do she see you as as that guy, or is she coming home and looking at you as your less than? Um, mm. You know that can that can be a problem. You know uh, for some men for their egos. You know very easy to crush a man's ego. Um, but if she comes in the door with um, making more and she still respects you and she loves you and and nothing changes that, then there's there's nothing wrong with that. And also at the at the end of the day, on the other end. You know, if you make, I think a lot of men, they, they carry that weight as I make more money. So I call all the shots. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of men do, do carry that. I'm the man you follow with what I say. Um, but I think in, in this case, I think when she comes home, it's like, is it a equal, you know, do we, we have balance in the relationship? Is there balance there? And um, hopefully, you know, she does have that respect for uh for your manhood you know and and respect for the relationship okay so it's okay she she making you know six figures and you making that 20 g's that's okay no, i mean no, i wouldn't say that's what i said that's what i said in the beginning like you know it should motivate you to want to do more if it's if it's like that if she's making six figures and you making 20 to 30 you know, it should motivate you to do, to want more, you know, because that's what relationships are. You should be, you know, once again, she should be referencing to you. You should be loving and respecting her, but at the same time, working hard to meet, to meet each other in the middle so that you can grow together because that's what it's about. And, and, you know, for the most part, I believe when women are in situations like that, they're in a situation in a relationship, hoping that you will want to do more because if you don't want, I know for me, I, I don't want to be in a relationship with anybody that doesn't want more than what it is that we have, you know, upon meeting each other. The the goal of, you know, getting together is to grow, is to, you know, do mm-hmm. more together, you know, and even it's the same thing with him. If he makes more money, you know, I, if I'm making, a, you know, six figures a year and my lady's making, you know, 20, 30, 30 a year, you know. Hey, babe, listen, you know, you're really good at this. You know, let's let's work on that. You do this very well. Let's do you want to take classes? I got the capital right now. It's about helping. So giving you that hand up. It's like, you know, hey, you know, you want to take classes? I got you. Let's go get these classes done so you can do more. 
But really, do you really want to be with somebody that doesn't want more for their life? And, um, and sometimes, unfortunately, we see a lot of situations where people are in relationships with people um, that are less than, than, than the standard of them growing and where they're going in their careers. Like, babe, you got to want more. You know, I want to get a house. You still want to live in this apartment? You know, it's like you want to do something more, do something bigger, something greater. I believe that's what relation is. It's teamwork. And if there's no teamwork, then what's what's the point? If you're not leveraging and leveling each other up, what's the point of it? Mm -hmm. No teamwork. The dream can't work. Right. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate because some of the stuff that you said, I can hear. <laughs> I can hear mm -hmm. some women's wheels spinning like, mm -hmm. oh, so you trying to control me. So you trying to tell me that I need to go take some classes and I need to, you know, get a better job or whatever the case may be. You know, why can't I just be okay with my 20 to $30,000 job if, if it makes me feel good? Why, why is that not enough? You know, so because if, it's, if it's me, then, uh -huh. then I want better. That's it. That's, that's mm. the bottom line. I want better. I want, if you're my woman and I love you and I'm investing love, time, energy, and I, and I want something forever. I want you to want better for me. I don't want, like I said, I don't think anybody wants to be, if, if you have a mindset, like you're like, I'm going for this. I want to get this house. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to, I, I want to have financial freedom. I want to do this. And then you have somebody that doesn't want that. Hmm. Like what's, what's the point? What's, what is that relationship about? Well, we know what it could be about. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, I'm thinking that that's probably a conversation that you would have with you know, your significant other before you even get into that relationship or even get right. to that point where you're trying to establish a household together. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just thinking because I quite honestly, there's some women who just want to be kept. Like they don't want to do no work. They yeah. they just want to be well kept. And yeah. that's really it. And then there are some men who, you know, my woman, she making the money. So like, why do I need to work? Like, baby, you got this. You taking care of both of us. Like, you know what I mean? So a man that don't work, don't eat. Uh-oh, he, he bringing Bible verses out. A man that don't work, <laughs> don't eat. It's like, you know, there has, there's a reciprocity to relationships. You know, somebody's like, as I'm gonna be like, okay, as a man, I don't feel good with, I can't feel good with my woman paying for everything because if mm -hmm. you love a person, part of, part of me loving you is doing things for you. It ain't just about somebody bringing you something to eat at work. It's about you doing that same thing when you got time, you know? And, and if, and if, and if she's giving me money and it's her money and I'm bringing her lunch, <laughs> it just, that's weird. You know, that's, that's weird to me. It's like, you know, it's something that that's what love is. I feel like I go out here and I, it's just like for your kids. I go out here and I work hard. I get up earlier than I want to. I work the hours longer than I want to work at, at work. And then I do these things for you because I love you. And I want to see you do better. I want to see you do great. I want to see you happy. You know what I mean? So that's, I mean, that's, that's really it. You know, it's like, I, I want to be able to do those things. Because I love you, you know, and hopefully that's that's why you do it for me, because you love you love me. That's that's 
simple to me. That's just, <laughs> that's, that's simple. <laughs> Ronnie, you quiet over there. What you got? You got something to say to this? Um, yeah, I think that I think you you mentioned that. I think it all begins with a conversation in the beginning. Um, a, a man and a woman going into a relationship. I think communication is paramount to understand who each other is um, and where we're going in life. And that, that way we can kind of, you know, work to try to pair, you know, um, our interests or life goals and try to determine if there is um, a level of alignment going forward because that should be the determination. But oftentimes we get into a relationship and we just so focus on the likes and what we're, you know, um, what we gravitate to without really thinking about establishing that partnership and trying to see if this person is evenly yoked, mm. trying to see some real compatibility in it. And then when we determine what our values are going into a relationship, we, we should make sure that the other person is or shares those particular values. So that's what it boils down to. Um, but in terms of ideas of manhood and his place within the relationship, um, see, my values are different. I don't mind my mother, my, my woman uh, making anything above me. Um, but I know what my responsibility is to the relationship and to the household. Mm-hmm. So my, I believe that my responsibility is to take care of the household as a man. And um, see, I have a kind of different point of view. So I kind of stay away from going into the particulars. But I'm mm. a Muslim man. I'm Muslim. And my, my wife, she is able to make all the money in the world. And I don't have any ownership in that. I don't have any ownership in what she makes. Um, mm. She can spend her money however she wants to spend it. But my money is our money. However, the decisions within the household is are born out of partnership. We have equal partnership in the facilitation of the affairs of our household, but that's not everybody's bag. And everybody should determine what their bag is going into the relationship um, and and better determine if that person suits you or not. Um, And and determine if your um, values and belief systems are aligned. Because some chicks, they, they may want to take care of a dude or don't mind taking care of a dude and there's some dudes who want to be kept with their nails painted and stuff but that's a different thing so i'm just saying that uh it's just based off of what you know you're good with okay all right so a man can have a woman who makes more money than him um doesn't necessarily mean that he's less of a man and actually i guess like what what i'm hearing you guys say it just really depends on that individual whoever that man is because you know some men might may find that um that may get under their skin and you know but then there's other men who feel like that has nothing to do with their manhood like that's yeah i don't yeah i don't think that um i don't think it has anything to do with but we understand why we understand that you know um at, at a different point in time, society to- tells us that a man is the breadwinner of the household, right? And um, the woman really wasn't in the equation until recent history, right? 
in terms of um, providing for the household. You know, we live in different times now. And but so much of our identity is wrapped in uh, our financial standing, right? Um, so if a man believes that his manhood uh, is wrapped up in his financial standing, then mm. of course he's going to have an issue with his woman bringing in, uh, excuse me, or his partner bringing in more money. Um, but that's not my bag. I think, but that's that's an issue. I don't think that's a healthy um, outlook. I don't think that is healthy for us to stew on whether um, our partner brings in more money than we do. Um, and I, I'm, in, I'm more inclined to adopt the position of Shannon. And that is, if you got an issue with uh, your partner bringing in more money, you have to find ways in which you can level up. Um, and sometimes that means really being a partner, try to determine how they got there and maybe even putting your resources or your attention together and start a project on your own so you can, you know, um, establish a business uh, together and level up together and be Absolutely. true partners on all different levels, you know? So it just requires a level of uh, communication um, and imagination. Um, and creativity uh you want you got a problem with them then that she's not your problem you're the problem you got to figure out how you can level up to her mm. absolutely i'm just reminded of um of that scene in baby boy when um when jody uh what, what what's his name yeah jody yeah that, that's his character's name but i forget Tyrese. Tyrese. Okay. Yeah. 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 When he um when he goes to the house to Cuba um Cuba Gooden Jr.'s brother, what's the, whatever his name is, right? When he goes Omar Gooden, I think that's Omar. his name. He goes to the house and he's all talking about how you know how he he's like he got to do something, he got to make some money, or he's gonna do something crazy. You know, he was like, I'm in here asking my mother and her and her her you know my girl and her mother for some money, and you know how it just got under his skin. You know, and so how does that feel? I mean, <laughs> are you guys okay with, I mean, can a man ask his, his woman for some money? Is, is that okay? I don't, I think that for me, um, I don't think that there is any position that is absolute outside of God being the creator and, and we are supposed to glorify and love God. That is the absolute. But everything else, there's great gradations and everything else is flexible, right? So mm -hmm. you may have your rule, but then you have exceptions to the rule. So no matter what you your position is, there should be some exception. And okay. even if you hold on to that strong position, like I'm supposed to be the man to do this and do that, then there are exceptions, man. There's sometimes when you just Things aren't just clicking and it's not any fault of your own. You're putting forth the effort. You're trying to do whatever you can and that you just need help sometimes. That's it. Life yeah. happens. Yeah, life happens. And yeah. if, if, if there's any consolation, don't, don't regard it as you asking for your woman. I mean, asking your woman for some money. Make it a loan. Yo, I need... I need two grand. Yo, can I, you know, and pay it back if that's... If, and no matter, right. Um, I'm going to try to get it uh, and that's just been my situation. You know, I was um, gone for a while. Um, I, I was incarcerated at 19, came home at 44, and I had nothing, like nothing, really. I'm starting over from scratch, and 
I had to figure it out. And as quiet as it kept, guess what? There's so many options to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but I was able to do that. But that's not everybody's story, and I understand that. So yeah. I have no problem with someone asking someone else for some money if they need it. They need if it. They need it. And Absolutely. It's better than resorting to means that are unsavory. That that's better to me. I would rather you do that than to sell drugs or to try to pimp or take something that don't belong to you. That alternative is so much better for me. But yeah. all too often brothers have that idea of being a man and they got to put some food in a baby's mouth and got it and then they resort to means that send them to prison now they ain't the man. nothing anyway yeah now you're not the man and somebody else is going to have to take care of the household that that you try to take care of now that you're away absolutely so, mm. yeah so i think that asking or relying on help is not a problem at all it's when you don't do the necessary legwork to try to get your uh, needs met that's the problem but if you're doing that and you still need help that's what oh, i don't have no problem with that that was some great points that you guys mentioned and i do get it it depends on who the person is like like i knew from the beginning when i first started this podcast and was writing down like these questions and thoughts that this, the responses are going to always vary depending on who who that person is, who that who you know that man is, where he is in his life, how mature he is, you know, all of these different yeah. things. The response is going to be um, is going to be different. But I do believe that where you are on your maturity level is 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 the question about well how how do you get there. Like how many lived experiences do you go through before you can start seeing things differently? Because these type of ideologies, these type of like thoughts or beliefs, you know, they can affect you as a, a young man growing up for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, when, when do you start thinking differently? Like, when do you start seeing the light? You know, for, for you guys, you both mentioned men ain't supposed to cry da, da 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 you know you both said that that was one of the things that you were taught so when did you start thinking differently when did you start saying you know what this hurts and, and i'm gonna cry mm -hmm. i think once again i think everybody's life you know their journey of life is different is different times for me i can say um mine's it happened for me back in 2015 2016 um, once again, when I was asked that question, you know, do you love yourself? And mm -hmm. um, that was a moment that, you know, I don't, if I was asked that question with 20 people in a room, the, the same result would have came out. Um, I would have had that moment. I would have broke down um, and felt everything. That was, and, and before that time, I didn't cry. Um, the last time I really cried was back in the nineties. Whoa. You know what I mean? So I'm just, just built up, built up. So everything hit at one time, boom. And it was just, it was a lot of, lot of pain. And, and, and look, what comes out of that pain, a whole book came out of that pain <laughs> that I was yeah. holding, that I was holding, um, holding inside. So um, I think it, it's, it happens for, for everybody. It's, it's always, it's that thing. It's that one situation. It's that one question. It's that one place um, uh, that you're in. 
Um, and it just, and it comes over you. And I, I believe that's how, that's the power of God as well. I believe that, you know, God knows when to um, um, sit you down, you know, like at that moment, I had realized that I had tried everything as a heathen to be and to do, <laughs> you know, and, and that's just keeping it funky with you. Like, you know, just, I didn't try everything to be and do and with all kind of, you know, people doing, you know, doing crazy things to make that money to, 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 to be out there. And, um, and I never tried God, you know, once again, as a man, that's another thing that I, you know, I wasn't raised in a house where, where God was spoken about, you know, so I didn't, you know, there's no balance, there's no, no guidance, you know, if you don't see your parents or see your, your grandmother, your aunts, anybody older than you doing these things, I had, you don't see it, so you don't think that you, you need it. So you're just out here just letting life happen to you and it's slapping you around and pushing you around. And, and then you have that moment. And when God wants you, you know, you have that moment where the, the, here comes the tears and here comes you just, um, if you will, uh, softening, you know, mm -hmm. uh, for lack of word, lack of better words, but you know, just that moment of just, you know, softening and realizing what you need. And once I realized what I needed, I realized that I was I was surviving an environment that God didn't want me to even be in anymore. So I'm running around up and down Blue Hill Avenue out in, in, in the suburbs and doing my thing. And and God's been telling me since I was 16 years old that you're not going to live here forever. And I'm thinking I'm just the Boston, you know, it's tattooed on my wrist. I'm massive. I'm Boston all day. <laughs> you know what? Where else I'm going to go? And then for me to move, have that moment to soften and say, I'm going to try something else. Um, it, it just, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And, um, and now I'm, you know, book comes, I'm speaking with people, I'm, I'm traveling, I'm, I'm speakers tour doing these things. Everybody's life is different. You know, um, I, I would love to hear um, what my brother Ronnie um, would have to say on that, you know, you know, considering um, his time and um, his time served and things like that. That's just, it's to me and my mind, like, that's that's tough to me. So I'm I'm just thinking I can only imagine, you know, maybe having moments um behind, you know, those walls or everything. So I'm just I'm I'm actually eager to hear what um brother Ronnie has to say about about that. Well, for me, um yeah, I think that uh I had experienced life that was um in some respects hostile to, you know, just the natural inclinations of our humanity. Um, just wanting to express feelings and feel and love and just be free. And there are all these stigmas and things that are, that seems to discourage that. Mm -hmm. um, if you show any emotion as a boy, you consider a punk, um, a chump, um, especially in a real rough and hostile world. And so when I, when I got locked up, I was 19, I, I just knew that that existence is not something I wanted because I was faced with the reality that this, is, this may be forever. I may mm -hmm. be locked up for the rest of my life. I may not ever experience freedom. And so I had to ask myself, how did I, how did I get to this particular place in life? So I began to backtrack and deconstruct. And then I, what I realized is that in the construction of the me at that time, there were a lot of unhealthy things, a lot of unhealthy message. And that mm -hmm. really all contributed to those distorted thinking that the distorted views that I had. So I started to choose what is healthier. I started to embrace my natural self. 
And what I what I realized in that reconstruction of me is that the emotional aspect of us, the emotional part of us, that is what God had given us. And we purposely try to mute and discard what God had given us. So I started to just embrace every part of my humanity, uh, including my um, emotional self. And, and, and I recognize that those emotions are what we need, whether they're so-called negative emotions or happy emotions or whatever, they all help, help us in navigating uh, our journey because our emotions are the things that move us and they indicate to us what our real belief system is. So if we are angry about a thing, there's a reason why we're angry because it is because our belief system tells us we should be angry. If we're happy about a thing, it's because our belief system indicates that we should be happy. And if we're happy about a thing that we shouldn't be, then that lets us know that we have some messed up belief system that we need to discard. Um, so just embracing uh, my emotional self while I was incarcerated, that's the best thing that I could have done. That is the most liberating thing I could have ever done because it enabled me to um, release pressure, you know, mm. Told that to never cry or to never have these negative uh, emotions about things that you should, you begin, there's a lot of buildup. And then there's going to be a, a point where you're going to explode. Yeah. And you're going to explode in an unhealthy way. And you yeah. may damage yourself and damage those whom you love. So when I recognize that, I think that's the best thing that could have happened to me. Um, but unfortunately, in, in the midst of doing that, I can't watch a movie without crying. So I watch them by myself because I don't want everybody to see me crying. Yo, yo, I can't watch like the last 15 minutes of Color Purple. No. Oh, <laughs> and that's, that's, that, that's that ugly snot and cry. Yeah, uh, man. That's, you're, you're not alone. That's everybody. Yeah, so I, I cry on stuff yeah. like, why are you crying on that movie, boy? Man, stop. <laughs> Yo, this is, this is this is Armageddon. This is Bruce Willis. Why are you crying in the movie, bro? Like, Harry, no, it's supposed to be me, Harry. And I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, but I, I appreciated that time. I was able to get back in touch with myself and my humanity. Um, and I just wish that many of us had embraced that. But that's our goal. Like, I'm a part of an organization called Black Man Bill. And what we've been doing is having men's circles in which men can be supportive of other men and where other men can be vulnerable and cry and be emotional without judgment. Um, and this is a place where we just support one another. Um, and we need more spaces like that. So whether it's within our, um, uh, our spiritual centers or within our household, I think it's, it's important for us to cultivate spaces in which we can have that emotional freedom. We want to cry what's not we could and we won't be judged by it, you know? That was um, so eloquently put, um, Ronnie. And I think, you know, you're right. It's like, if you don't have that, that outlet or that opportunity to be able to release those things that are inside of you, it does build up and you do end up 
um, exploding in a way that you never intended to. And you know, once you've once you've exploded, you can't take the explosion back, right? Because people are blown up into pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can't put everything back together. So some things just can't be fixed once it's been it's it's broken, or it can't go back to the way it used to be. You know, it it can be close to it. Mm-hmm but it's, it's never going to be like the original. And I, I, One more thing. I think an, another thing, a horrible thing that happens is that sometimes you may not explode. Um, what can happen is individuals become so void of emotion. They train themselves. Mm. They become emotionalists. And that's what we're also seeing today. A lot mm. of people detach from their compassion. So they act in a way where they can't identify with the hurt and, and suffering of others, even, even when they are the cause of that hurt, right? It seemed like because of, you know, what we're fed, we're like right now raising a generation of sociopaths, you know? Mm. Um, I'm not supposed to care about women or women not caring about men. Just go out and get what you can get, you know? Or you mm-hmm. become an employer and it becomes all about the bag that you're not considered considering the lives of the people who work for you. And they just mm-hmm. in indisposable workforce, you know, just because you want to get that bag. So yep. I see in so many areas, man, where I detach from our emotion is causing us to be, you know, a world of, of users and takers and, and people who create these cycles of harm. Um, and I don't think that it will ever change unless we start to become um, reacquainted with our emotional selves, our capacity to have compassion. Right. Totally. Totally. Yeah, I I, I really agree with that. It, I think that it is, you know, we have gotten to a place where it's like, like you said, we're numb. I mentioned before that my nine to five job, I'm a career navigator. I work with recovering substance users and helping them um, get back on their feet, get back into the workplace. So we teach this this three-week course. And one of the workshops that we do, we talk about feelings and emotions. And you know, every time we go into these um, with these different activities, and these are grown men and women, I always have to, you know, preface the activity saying, I know this may seem elementary, you know, because the the, the um, lesson that we talk about feelings and emotions, we have a page that's full of all of these different emojis with these different feelings on them. And we tell them to come up with as many emotions as they can think of that's not on that page. Then we talk about what's negative, which ones are negative and which ones are positive. And, you know, how many of them have, have felt these feelings? Or, and, and, and it's just amazing all, because there's always at least one person that feels like, I, I don't feel anything. No. You know, it, it's, it's like, you know, they, they get to that point where they're learning how to feel again. Because, you know? because so long they've, um, they've learned the habits of not feeling anything or just traumatized by by what it is that they've been through. Um, for instance, for me, once I got out in the streets, I learned over the years, I watched my mother over the years use crying on the spot as a hustle on people. Mm. But when I got into relationships with women, if a woman cried, I just thought she was trying to play a game with me. 
Wow. Never even identifying with myself that I did do something to hurt this girl or, or, or hurt her feelings. But as soon as I see tears from a woman, I, I, I don't even, it, it doesn't even move me. It's just like, wow. please, it's like, it's a hustle. So now here I go sounding like a maniac trying to find out what you trying to play me on. So then what is that? Now I sound like a narcissist. So these are the habits that you grow up learning, you know, mm -hmm. you know, breaking, breaking a heart is nothing because once, what, what do they say? Hurt people, hurt people. So breaking a heart is nothing because you grew up with a broken heart. So then it leads you to saying things like, I don't feel nothing really inside you really do. And that's what leads to those, those emotional um, and mental breakdowns on people. You know, you see it all the time. Like I know a kid right now in Boston that, that grew up seeing so much smart kid when he was a kid, just a smart, smart kid, active. And just now it's just like his, his mind is just tapped out. And that's not even from drugs. That's just the environment. I've seen it from people I went to high school with, you know, just, just tapped out because they just see, you know, there's, there's such thing as, um, what is it? P PST? Yeah, there's, there's such thing just right there in your, in your community that you see every day that yeah. is really not normal. And I didn't realize it until after I moved away, how much of, uh, you know, I was living in that was just not normal. That's not normal. It's, you know, it's definitely, it's just, just breaking the, the comfort zones and breaking down old mindsets and traditions and, and, and curses um, of families, you know, and just, you know, breaking that in order to be free, to be, as my man said, you know, to be human to feel what, to feel who you really are. Like, who are you? You know, it's how we end up with so, so many, you know, young brothers, you know, in the system because they're not free. They're not being themselves. They're, yeah. they're being who, who's in the neighborhood, who they see in the neighborhood. The, the, the most influential dude on the block. We're trying to be like him, you know, and, um, and, and even him, he's scared. He's, he's not strong. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm 110% in agreement with that. Um, and I think you said something that you added a complexion of the discussion that we needed to have because, you know, we generally talking about men. Yeah. But to be honest, um, because of our personal experience, we need to preface it. It needs, it's open to everyone, but our lens is from the lens of Black men and our experiences are unique um, based yeah. off where we come from, um, based off of um, the conditions born from the social con constructs created by white supremacy and oppression and all that type of stuff, you know? So there are general things that all men may experience, um, but I think that, you know, just, just, be, just with our experience, it adds a little bit more uh, depth or dimension. And a lot of times we're afraid to have these conversations because we don't want to alienate people. Um, and we do want to be inclusive. When we're talking about adding to the health of people, we want to be inclusive. But when we talk about issues, we shouldn't be afraid to address the issues that impact our community um, in adverse ways. And it's sometimes it's hard to speak, you know, as a, as a Black man from our angles of what's going on and, and, and being vulnerable to, to just really share real moments is because we are conditioned to, to believe and understand that if we do tell somebody anything that sounds weak to us, that we're going to get used. 
that, that in our community, anybody that knows anything weak about you, that's how they attack you. Mm. Yeah. So we're always on defense anyway. You know, mm -hmm. we always in that mode all the time. You know, Dukes are already up. Okay, I'm going to tell you. So with, with, with Black men, it's like we only can give you, you know, piece by piece of us mm. and see what you do with that piece. Like, okay, here's a little piece. Wow. Of what are you going to do with that? Mm. What you going to do with that little piece? Now, if you mess up that piece, then you don't get another piece. Um, another situation for me, um, my grandmother, God rest her soul, um, before she passed, um, so when I was a kid, you know, she asked questions, you know, what's going on over there at the house with, with your mama, right? And I didn't tell her for a long time. And then, you know, situation came up. So I went to my grandmother and I told my grandmother, I said, I told her what the situation was. I told her something I was going through. I told her and I said, this is between me and you, you know, nobody else. And, I, you know, you got to promise me, got to promise me, got to promise me because I ain't tell nobody. I'm just telling you. And right from there, in the moment that I told her, by the time I got in the shower, and got out the shower, went, this is after I got home, and got out the shower, my grandmother was on the phone telling the same thing I just said to, to my aunt and to the next person. And see, that right there showed me, love my grandmother, always love my grandmother, but that shaped me and my grandmother's relationship. And that's what shaped me how I deal with people. I deal with people in a way where I give them that little piece to see what they do with it. And that's sad because you know, I don't, I don't give trust very easy. I have it tattooed on my arm. Love many, trust few. I love everybody, but I don't really trust anybody, you know? And I think that started from that time with, with my grandmother. It's like, so when, when a woman tell me, you know, I love you, it's like, that leads me to, you, you have to prove that. Well, how, okay. So it just, you know, it's, <sighs> you want a piece of a man, we, that's, that's what happens, you know, we give it to you a little piece, see what you do with it. If you do good with that, then that's, and even that's how I decide if I'm going to keep a person around me or not, because they did good with the first piece. So then, all right, you know, we, 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 we good. Okay. So I understand the whole idea of guarding your heart, you know, and, and not, not sharing too much too soon. I, I understand that. But if you're if you're just doing these little little nuggets of love or or trust or whatever the case may be, that can become exhausting on the other part on the, the recipient side. Absolutely. It could be exhausting. Um, but I think that again, communication is key, right? So I think that going into a situation, one of the things that I do in terms of how I handle and manage my own affairs in my life is that I'm very forthcoming, honest, and transparent. And when people are coming in, I say, this is how, you know, I process and deal with things, you know, and this is why. And I give them the option of saying, ah, that's a little too much for me, or I'm good with that. And, and their response or their reaction could even shape how I generally go about things. Um, I can lower my guards all the way based off of the the nature of the relate or the, 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 the what you communicated. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. just how the relationship is going on, go go on, I could, you know, change things up. Um so yeah, it could be exhausting. And I can hear uh what you're saying and but I can under, I also understand what Shannon is saying. Mm -hmm. Um but to that when we are faced with conditions that are conducive to us being vulnerable and trusting, then I think we should 
you know, but it's, it's based off of because his response is an effort to protect himself. And that's the lens we need to look at that as. So somebody coming into his life needs to understand all he's doing is trying to protect themselves. And, um, and if their intention is to try to protect him too, then they wouldn't initially have a problem with that. But if they communicate later on, listen, baby, we in a good space. You ain't got to keep on wearing your boots in bed. I ain't going to kill you. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just about understanding the communication. Right. Because me, I understand. Like, I, I, I started meeting women because I want to be married. I want, I'm looking for my queen. So I, I was meeting women and I'm realizing how many sisters are damaged, right? Mm. Tell so the truth now. Damaged, right? If there's but, damaged brothers, there's damaged sisters. Sisters. Yeah, yeah. But I don't personalize it because I know that they're damaged because of someone's ill treatment of them. And they got to protect themselves or they may just be reacting to the unhealthy and toxic behavior that had been imposed upon them, right? So I don't, initially, I don't, and I try my best to be patient and I try my best to be tolerant and understanding. So I don't, I understand it. So they, they, they was abused by a man. I know it's going to take a while for them to trust him, uh, but we communicate that. I say, hey, baby, I got some tolerance and patience in me, but I, it's not inexhaustible. I don't have an exhaustible, well, I don't have an ocean of it. So it's going to get old at some point. <laughs> <laughs> So you said that you were saying it's just going to take communication and patience. Yeah. No, I, and, and I, I understand that. I, I guess, I don't know, I guess these are some, some questions that, that I can, you know, bring up again at when I get to the episode about dating and marriage. But I, I guess there's always that question that I say, when is enough enough? But I guess individually, only that person knows, right? And let's just be honest. We go into a relationship and we say that we can handle certain things and then we can't handle those things. We thought that we could. And then after a while, it just becomes too much. And we end up creating more damage than we did when we first went up because what we thought we can handle, we can't. And so now we're backing out of the relationship after we made a, you know, commitment or promise that I'm going to stick by you. And, you know, I know you're hurt. I know you're whatever, but I'm going to be there for you. But then when it becomes too much, it's like, okay, I thought that I could be there for you, but I can't do this. So I got to go because this is weighing too much on me. And so now that person who, even if they didn't put their full trust on you, they gave you more trust than they, than they normally would have. And now they're back to square one again, because this is yet somebody else who has broken that trust and who has hurt them and now has left. So it's like understanding that. And, and I appreciate you, um, Ronnie, you know, saying that you're very honest when you're going, you know, into a relationship, when you meet a woman and you let her know, like, this is how I am. This is how I process. And and, and I, I appreciate that because, you know, I enter relationships and I, I'm like that now, wasn't always like that. You know, because I went into a lot of relationships with these uh, uncommunicated expectations. Um, but now, you know, I know better. But I think with so many men, you know, please don't take offense to what I'm about to say, but I see men already as fragile individuals. You know, Shannon, you said something earlier. You said a man has a fragile, a fragile ego. Mm -hmm. And I've always thought like, you know, why is that? 
but when I think back or, or when I see the world and I see so many things that men, both black, white, it doesn't even matter, just men in general, like the risk, the, the weight that you carry on your shoulders and all of the, you know, things that we're talking about now, all of these expectations that you're trying to live up to, or, you know, your own expectations or someone else's expectations or these misconceived ideas, like, you, oh my gosh, like men just have so much. And so I always considered or always looked at men as fragile, fragile individuals. So I approach men in a different in a different way than I approach women when it comes to the fragility, right? And not and, and that has nothing to do with you being weak. Right. It's just recognizing that you have so much that you know you're battling. And and so it's always like I always look at it, okay, like if I'm gonna be in this relationship with this person, all right, so how can I contribute in a way where they can tell without me using my words, they can see that I'm I'm on their side that I'm their cheerleader, that I got their back, right? And quite honestly, sometimes it's not enough. No matter how much you do, no matter what, it's just never enough. And it's just like, oh my doing gosh. The right thing, doing the right thing for the wrong person is never enough. Mm. It's, about, it's about who you're, you know, it's about who you're going after. You know, I, I, I love what the brother just said, you know, it, it really is about that communication. It's about finding out, you know, that guy, you know, maybe wants you like how you you want him. Let's get that understood, you know, you know, in, in the beginning. For me, I, I can say um, where I'm at in my life, where I have been in the last six, six years, seven years. One thing that that uh, that helps me to keep a healthy communication to find out what's real is um, I would be honest with you. Um, I keep sex out of the whole deal early in, in the situation sex mm -hmm. is not something that i that i pursue and i and i kind of let that be clear in the in the beginning that i'm not you know i, I don't want to base the relationship on on sex i want to base it on you know some other things two or three other things before it even gets to that you know what i mean so um i think you know we get into to relationships with people sometimes on the on the basis of uh we like how they make us feel mm -hmm. and then we end up you know settling for less because of how they make you feel but you're not getting the nutrients of what a real relationship is supposed to be about on on in other areas you know what i mean so i i think it's it's, it's really about that that communication and and what you what you're giving out is is he um receiving is he getting what what you're you know, picking up what you're putting down, you know, and two, I'm, I'm, I'll give you um, something that my, my boy, my best friend, we man, him had a conversation. He said, man, he said, I love the chase woman. So I love the chase woman. And, and something about the way he said it, he's from the islands and the way he said it, it just administered to me. And I, I loved it. Ever since then, I just, I kept that with me. He said, I love the chase woman. He said, I don't like no woman that chased me. And I said, I said, why? I said, I said, why not? You don't like, you know, when a woman say, yeah, it's okay for a woman to let you know that she's interested, but a woman that chases me, he said, I don't, he said, I don't date no woman that chases me. And I said, I said, why? And just something about the way he said, it. he said, you ever see a, <laughs> you ever see a cat chase a dog up a tree? And when he said that to me, I said, bro, one more time. He said, yeah. He said, you ever see, he said, there's a, there's a natural way that this thing might, it, it, that it should go. He said, as a man, I, I, I want to go after the woman that I want. 
you know, I, I like that. He said, I have, I take pride in being the, the hunter. I, I take pride in saying that's the woman I want. Um, I see her as my queen and that's, I'm going to go after her until I get her, especially if, especially if she's a single woman, you know, and he sees where he fits in her life. Like she's, she needs the help. She wants a good man. I like the, I like that chase. And what we see, you know, a lot of times is a lot of young ladies that are raised by their moms, which, you know, that are raised by their moms, they're in a comfort zone of doing the chasing after the man. And when you see that, usually those relationships, sometimes they end up in a, in a, in a weird space. And I just think that we should get back to a, you know, where it's, um, I, I, I don't like to, to use, you know, old fashioned or anything like that, but I feel like some of the best relationships, um, when you listen to old people speak, old married couples been married for many years. I love to hear those stories about when, you know, the, the woman saying that. So he just, he just kept coming. Mm-hmm. He kept mm-hmm. coming and we've been married for 60 years and we've been married for 50 years. We've been married for 40 years. You know, I the tradition of that I think is, is, is kind of dope. I, I, I was I, I was thinking about that. I was listening to um, Chrisette Michelle's song "Golden," like going yes, back. Yes, yes, nice song. And I always think of that context, and I just think about you know times where you know we're different, and it seemed to be simpler, and it seemed to be healthy in some respect. There's a lot of toxicity from sometimes that you know, but like those times where the man pursue the woman hard. And I'm like, today you'll be got, you'll get locked up for stalking. (laughs) (laughs) You will get a case. You will help them. You will be on somebody's registry. That's sad too. Throwing pebbles at her window (laughs) two o'clock in the morning. No, sir. Uh -uh. I don't want that case no more. I'm going, hey, I'm on parole, bro. Oh, that's funny. That is so true, though. Yeah, that is very true. But that's how the times, that's how the times have changed, though. Yeah. Yeah, Like, you know, some women showing up to a job with some roses. They're like, what? (laughs) Right. Someone to like, what is how you know I work here? What are you doing (laughs) on my job? Boy, what are you? You know, so it is it's I don't know. We we live in a in an age where there's a lot of competing ideas and belief systems. Um, but that communication in the beginning, that communication is important. Um, I mean, no, no is always no. (laughs) That is for sure. That is for sure. That's the one thing that will never change over the centuries, over time. No, no, that that's not even true. Sometimes. Because there are women that say, you, I was like, hold on, you said no. I'm like, boy, I didn't really mean that. I, oh, yeah. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait, stop. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we live in a confusing time, man. And we have to women? do something. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, That's why real. You, you told me to leave. You're like, boy, I didn't mean that. I just wanted right. you to put some effort in. No, See? no. <laughs> that's that Venus and Mars thing right there. Oh, <laughs> no, that's that uncommunicated expectation <laughs> thing there. That's what I'm talking about, right? Because, yeah. and that's that's playing them games. Like, come mm-hmm. on, just let's just be real. You know, real. Just say what you say what you mean and mean what you say. Okay. Right. 
that's that's where that see i'm so far past all of that like if i want you to bring me the flowers i'm gonna tell you bring me the flowers you see what i'm saying like i ain't playing no you can go no stay <laughs> yeah I, I got time for them games all right so this has been such a great discussion um and while we're we're well we started kind of late so we kind of you know we're we're way into that uh the half hour mark but um i just i just want to you know close with you guys just kind of giving some um some advice what advice would you give to a young man who is combating all of these ideologies that we've been talking about, right? All of these, you know, misconceived um, notions and thoughts. What What's the best advice that you could give him when he's trying to determine, well, what can I as, you know, a man, you know, how am I supposed to be? How am I supposed to act? Or what things am I supposed to do? What clothing am I supposed to wear? And, you know, how am I supposed to treat my women? Like, what kind of advice? And I know that it may be, this may be a very, um, complex question but i'm i guess i'm just kind of looking for a very if you can sum sum it up or you know just make it as simple <laughs> your answer as simple as possible to a young man because you know if you was having this conversation face to face his attention span might be gone after you know about 5 10 minutes so it's like you want to be able to give a very concise but profound answer to him. So I'm gonna give you guys some time to let that percolate, those thoughts percolate in your mind. And um well, I think for me, yeah, that is a very broad thing. Um, but one thing I used to communicate, uh, because just as I was mentored, I you know paid it back and mentored. Um, and one of the things is just to remind that our belief system affects our attitude and our attitude affects our behavior. So we have to consider what do we really believe um, and what is the condition of our minds? Um, because if we want to go through our life healthy, sound, and derive the best outcomes, we got to think of the state of mind that we have. And do we have a state of mind that encourages a full and, and a full and rich life? Or do we have a, a, a state of mind that would bring about destruction and harm and violence. We have to think about that and weigh that before we start making decisions. Is this a healthy and sound decision that would bring about benefit or will someone get hurt? Um, so that's the first thing. And the second thing I would, I would encourage someone to do is, hey, I don't have all the answers and you're not gonna have all the answers, but seek out individuals whom seem to have um, a life and a lifestyle that reflects healthy choices and decisions in their life and try to learn from them. Um, whether it's, you know, walk their path or just getting some insight or feedback. Always have a mentor. Um, remember you're not in this alone. Um, so that's what I would encourage, just simply speaking, but mentorship is important. Making sound and healthy decisions are important. And, we have to think about if there's any impediments in, in our ability to cope with life's challenges or making sound decisions. We have to like discard every unhealthy and toxic uh, belief, attitude, and thought. Awesome um, and well put. And, um, and I will definitely piggyback. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Uh, the, the second half 
of what you said. Don't believe that whatever your dreams are, whatever your goals are, that you can do it by yourself. Sometimes you make it harder on yourself by trying to do it by yourself. It's okay to, as we said earlier in the conversation, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to 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 get around people to that do what you do. Um, one of the best um, pieces of advice that I did get was was to get around people that are already walking in the light as close as you can to those that are walking in the light that you see yourself um, becoming. Um, you know, you know, follow those people. Take notes. It's okay to take notes from people. And um, and once again, just you know, ask for help. You're not by yourself. You know, don't think that you have to be a one man show. Accept help. Um, and and um, listen. You know, as he said, take notes. I believe that's exactly where I was going to go with it. So, well said. That's that. That's my advice to any young man. And um, and keep God first in your life. It's it's interesting that you guys say that. You know, I know someone who was saying, who told me that he didn't have, you know, he grew up without his father and he didn't have a lot of male um, figures in his life growing up. And so when he was trying to figure out how to be a man, he said he just observed a lot of men that he thought were good men. And he started borrowing pieces or things that they did um, and, and put together his uh, his own idea of what a man should be. I That's never it. heard that before. And I thought that that was really interesting. Awesome. No, I was going to say, because it also ha- happens in the negative way. Like mm-hmm. I was composite, like, a, like before I was in cars, I was in composite of, of those negative um, role models. And if I would have just looked a little harder for the positive role models, um, look a little bit harder for role uh, of people who could add and uplift me and help nurture and guide and cultivate me. I would have been better off. Yeah. Low hanging fruit, fruit was the pimp and the gangster, the hood and the you know. So I I try to imitate because that wasn't naturally in me. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. And but I wish I would have looked for the real men. Yeah, um, because I, they were they were all around. They're, they're, they're definitely, they definitely they were all around. That's that's what I noticed in in, in my upbringing, um, especially down in, in Roxbury. There was, of course, the influences right outside your door to do the, the negative thing. Um, what's the? I just heard something. It, it resonates to this, and it says um, it says uh, <laughs> the, the the devil will never interrupt you when you're going the wrong way. And there was always those influence of the negative right in front of you, and that's that was the normal, but. You know, if you just looked right past that negative, there was always someone right there in the neighborhood that was on a positive tip. We just overlooked them somehow. Um, we overlooked those ones. Um, there's a part in the book I, um, saying about mannequins. There's always those people that that wore the outfit of what I seen myself becoming um, later on in life. And and I did take those pieces of of those men, and 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 thank God that I did because it all made sense at this age now it all makes sense you know that i am a reflection of those pieces that, that i imitated you know like you know my dad you know was off the chain around boston um so there were men that stepped in and, and i believe that god does send you those people to step in mm-hmm. uh, to step in and to be um uh to, to be nurturing in those ways that that are necessary that where you're missing that that fatherhood that that fatherhood connection 
and they come in and um a lot of us we just miss we just miss those people we miss them because we we either got caught by the negativity or um or we don't believe at that time in your young life that was kind of corny mm-hmm. it's kind of corny you know so we miss it you know definitely yeah. i wish i was a cornball and a nerd back then <laughs> Man, I wish I was a cornball. Sure. Yes, sir. Glory to God. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. This well, gentlemen, awesome. thank you so, awesome. so much for um, coming back again and just um, sharing even more insight, even more clarity, even more nuggets of wisdom. And, you know, um, yet again, I'm, I'm walking away with um, some food for thought and some some understanding that I didn't have before we had this conversation. And I hope that you out there listening that um, the same holds true for you as well. So thank you guys. And um, yeah, we're gonna end on that note. Hey everybody, thank you for listening to Grown Folk Talk with Natasha Nicole. I hope you enjoyed this latest episode of my new series, Who's the Man? Generations Speak. Be sure to come back in two weeks for episode three, where I'll be joined by a new panel of men and we'll continue our grown folk conversations surrounding topics of manhood. And if you haven't done so already, hit your notifications button so you can be alerted whenever a new episode drops. Until then, be true to you.